it's always Christians on the ground at the worst of the social conflicts in the world. You will find a Christian there before you find a journalist there. Somebody's doing aid work driven by the love of Jesus. This is Culture at a Crossroads with David Mann. Welcome back to the show that explores the intersection of faith and culture in Canada. Today's guest is no stranger to this audience. She was the CEO at 100 Huntley Street Crossroads Communications and has been on the ground as a Christian journalist for decades. Lorna Duick joins me on the show. Hello. Hey, David. Great to be with you. Thanks for coming on. And you have looked at so much in your lifetime and You've come to see things through this interesting lens that you that you call the crisis of limitations. Can you explain what you mean by that? I think you know what crisis of limitations is when you see it, when you experience it. It's any fork in the road where there are things converging that just mean it cannot continue the way it was. There's got there's too many events, whether it could be, um, you know, like like uh, take what's going on right now with climate change. There is so much chaos over weather events that people just knew it can't we can't continue to consume the way we did before. It was a it was a crisis of all these weather events means we'll put limitations on the way we consume and spend energy. Uh, it could be uh, something that happens very personally in your home. It, that's that's where things really hit us as a family on a health issue. When Vern, my husband, came down with Parkinson's, all of a sudden, extreme health issues mean you've got a crisis in the family and there are going to be limitations on your behavior and on your your whole life because a crisis in healthcare has happened. You can have a crisis of limitations that is about relationships. All of a sudden, something has really broken down, a crisis has occurred, and there's limitations as a result. And therefore, things can't continue as they used to. And, and I'm passionate that we listen well to our circumstances so we can adjust and adapt and we're going to figure out how we're going to come through and live strong in this because it might not go away. It might just mean you have to now adjust life to live with limitations. And and a crisis of limitations actually helps you really adjust and say, okay, what is going to change for me to go on now in this new normal? That's crisis of limitations. Helpful, helpful, very helpful overview. So for someone like yourself who's had this lifelong passion of bringing the gospel to the marketplace through media, where do you see those limitations playing out at this moment in 2022? Well, I... I'm really glad there's programs like yours, programs like Crossroads, because media is so fast and it has so changed since I began 40 years ago in media. There isn't the place for respectful, careful Christian exchange in mainstream public media. And so for the sake of the gospel, the crisis of limitations is there are not open doors 
in mainstream markets. There are not wide open spaces where you can publish, where you can uh, make podcasts like this that are carried perhaps by a mainstream network. You have to step forward and say, we're going to take ownership of the most important story in history, the story of God. And so you did that. I mean, in your career, we could easily brush back on you taking your show to downtown Toronto in the space that the CBC used and brushing shoulders with everyone and anyone that would talk to you as you blaze this trail of of journalism as a Christian. Where does this passion for that come from? <laughs> I think I've always been a storyteller, David. I've always been a, uh, uh, you know, even as a little kid, I, I talked too much. I told too many stories. I had to write the school plays, all of those things. It just was wired in my DNA. But... When I started to really uh, be compelled, you know, 19, 20, 21, by, by the teachings of Jesus, and I, I was in Bible school, I went to a Bible college in Winkler, Manitoba, and I, I loved journalism, I loved writing, uh, got into secular mainstream journalism, radio, community radio with Golden West Broadcasting after school, but I just found that, um, you know, as a journalist, you're looking to tell a story that hasn't been told before. And I was living in Manitoba at the time, then in Saskatchewan, and I just found that nobody was telling the church's stories. Nobody was saying what that part of the community was going to. At that time, you know, there were more churches than gas stations in Canada, and <laughs> maybe there still are, but that was always the, the um, statistic I like to quote. And there were more people in churches than in movie theaters on the weekend, but their stories were not understood in the press. And so my first regular column writing on faith was for the Saskatoon Star Phoenix. And I was able to write a weekly faith column on what was just happening, what what was what were what was going on in, in the faith steps of different people's lives. That kind of openness isn't there anymore, but that that's probably where it started was just seeing a need, loving that community knowing that uh, a relationship with Jesus had changed my own life. And I just felt this is how people live. Like people live in relationship with the God of the universe. We should report on it in the papers. So that was then, this is now. I'm sure you've heard that sentiment when it comes to the number of people that are partaking in the Christian faith. In your wisdom, where do you see as the best access points to tell this best story in the, in the universe of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was then 70% market drop. Like there's not a product that would have survived that kind of market drop of people adhering and being excited about going to church on a Sunday morning. And more importantly, proud to follow the teachings of Jesus and to share them. So, uh it, it, it's it's just uh, a very privatized religion now in Canada. It's a quiet faith walk. And I think it's still more part of people's lives than we realize. But because we haven't got public spaces to talk about it, 
it is absolutely imperative that we still keep figuring out how will we tell the story. So, you know, thankfully there's podcasts like this. Thankful there is podcasting. It's so quick and easy to be able to get it up. Thankfully there's organizations like Crossroads, like the Canadian Bible Society, like all the different other places. Tyndale's doing one. EFC's doing one. There are, you know, you and I think our job now is marketing. So we have our own private vehicles to tell these stories. We can't piggyback on to major media outlets. However, what we can is be aggressive about telling people where to find us. So absolutely, we are in a crisis of limitations for the voice of Christianity in Canada. So we must respond to that. We must say, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to share this and have people... Like, like, honestly, almost every church should have a lesson in social media on how to be sharing good stories that lift up the teachings, the activity of God in our, in our country, in our lives. What would be an example of where you've seen this play out well? Well, it does play out well in uh, one-on-one sharing. People telling each other, have you heard this? Have you listened to this? Boy, I'm really enjoying this. And so our job as people to carry the good news of Jesus gets easier when you can just link and share via a text. It doesn't always work. My kids told me recently they've never listened to one of the things I said. Them. I think that's an exaggeration. But, you know, there there are, it's so easy to do. So that, that I think is uh, just a, a, a really close close way that we can all make a difference. Secondly, what you see happening, most Christian agencies now have fairly robust communications teams. They know they have to tell their own story. They've got, you know, the president's talk going out. They're recording the pastor's sermon. Most places have figured out we have no choice but to be online. It's a wide open, borderless church. So the more we can do it, the better. And you will see in most churches a broadcast budget now, or a, a tech, actually, I wouldn't call it broadcast, a tech budget, which allows them to do what we're doing right now, which allows them to multiply the Sunday morning service. And so, and it, it, I, I, you know, thankfully, that was a gift COVID really gave the church was it forced everybody online. It forced everybody to become digital. And now that we're back in person, we still have the digital partnerships. Funerals are online. Every Everything has the ability now to be shared digitally. And I, I think it's affected church attendance because it's so easy to stay home and and just listen online. However, it goes much further, but it's still up to people like every individual to share it. Share it with somebody. Talk to me about the paradox of limitations that we have and the limitless God that we serve. That's a good question. That's a good question because so often I think we feel our limitations really make us effective or ineffective. They make us happy or unhappy. And God is saying, uh, you know, I, I think of Second Corinthians um, where God says, outwardly we're wasting away. Outwardly we're, we're, our, our lives are diminishing, but inwardly we are being renewed and his presence is taking place in us inwardly. 
And so I, I think we might think that we're uh, declining in our Christian output, but I think that is an opportunity for God to strengthen, to, to allow us to feel stronger and more intimately connected with God. And the measuring points, the measuring points are the deep work of the soul, which doesn't necessarily need to be public at all. It just becomes a lived thing. It becomes a lived thing. Hmm. A culture of testimony. Yeah. Yeah. A culture of testimony. Lorna, the writer of Hebrews uh, talks about us really standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. And uh, you've had some predecessors in Canada, people like David Maines and Brian Stiller. Thinking David Maines and Brian is still with us, still podcasting still, himself. <laughs> I know. Don't you dare tell him he's uh, his shoulders are still heaving mountains out of the way. <laughs> that that's very true. Yeah, uh, and then and then you've come along, and I'm wondering, in the context of today, but looking back to look forward, uh, what would be some ways that that you can say that that God used you, Lorna Duick to take the baton from these men and to move it forward as we continue to go beyond 2022 of advancing the gospel in Canada in the ways that you've been gifted as a storyteller? Well, I think um, there was a turning point in 1996 when Reverend David Maine said, now take your passion for news journalism, Lorna, and use my Bible teaching platform to do it. So if there ever was a baton being shared. So here was a here was a pastor, Pentecostal pastor, who had created a great following in Canada. You can look at the photos, you know, hundreds of people would gather when he took his television show on the on the road, traveling on the road. And so this was a it, this was personal testimonies, Bible testimonies and Bible teaching going through the Bible in a year. And he carved out a day a week to say Lorna, I think what you're passionate about with your journalism and finding where God is at work in events needs to, needs, can run here in this space. You know, like I remember, great story, great story in 2009 when um, uh, a, a little Eskimo boy hunting for seals with his grandfather uh, found themselves on an ice flow that that broke away from the main and they were floating off way up into into um into Hudson's Bay way north of Churchill and i i saw that story underway and because i was with a pastor david mains he he was so passionate about Christianity in the North, and he knew about Christianity in the North, and he had been to the North, Bill Prankert, all of those, that work that was going up there. I said to myself, you know what, just journalistically, I thought, people are praying for that boy and his grandfather to be rescued. People are praying. That's That, that little community up there, there's got to be, there's got to be prayer going on. And sure enough, there was, and, you know, long story short, it was such an expensive story to get. We partnered with not only David Maines's organization, but the Globe and Mail uh, with Global Television. Everybody chipped in a third of the flights, and it, it became a front-page story, big story for, for Global Television, and of course for us as Christians, about the teen who stared down a polar bear and came home. 
And it was. It was a great prayer rally that had been behind the whole thing. And that only happened because there you, I mean, the story only became shared amongst secular networks because a preacher was partnering with the strength, having a Christian journalist who knew just as real as polar bears were part of the story, prayer was part of the story. Anyway, it just, I I think there's lots of moments where, uh, well, I know I was able to do things because the traditional church partnered with me. Lots of, like, all of it, really. None of it would have been possible if the traditional church hadn't said, you know what, it is important to tell the stories of God as loud and as mainstream as we can. Mm, that's beautiful. Where do you see Lorna Duick handing off a baton to uh, other Christian sages and storytellers and, and preachers that are going to bring this message to a, a needed people in Canada if there is ever a time? Well, we probably should fundraise for your generation. <laughs> That's what's needed. I should probably be uh, telling people put 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 the put the gas behind this. And and David, it is exactly conversations like this, realizing that uh, we st- we now do- need to do it this way, and we need to encourage people. We need to coach people. There needs to be uh, a-, a resounding endorsement for those of you who have the energy and the facility and the calling to be doing this on a weekly basis. And we need to be really teaching about publicity for this. Like it should be. I, I mean, it would be great to have have it shared. Uh, openly on church websites you know like here click 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 here's a few things for you to listen to this week most 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 important i think it is important that we do it relationally i do it to my neighbor uh, we we pick up the good young voices and we share them where they need to be and we encourage people to share them i'm curious the reactions that you've received over the years in both uh partnering with crossroads with david Maines's. Uh, establishment, but then also when you've been in the mainstream, you had a column weekly for years with the Globe and Mail. Uh, how how did these these both kind of uh, come together and coalesce to share this message? David, that began at the Globe and Mail, a column that was there for 16 years. It began in the year 2000 because... Christians were working in Sudan and they were working in Sierra Leone in the face of a horrific civil war. And I was invited to go to Sierra Leone and I was so appalled by what I saw there and yet so encouraged by the Christian bravery to work with people who had been amputated by the uh, this, the, the rebellion. Literally, hands, feet, all of that. Um, horrific loss. And I, um, I had this phrase, hell has had its turn. And that became the headline in that Globe and Mail paper. And so it began because Christians, and it's always, David Maines used to say this too, it's always Christians on the ground at the worst of the social conflicts in the world. You will find a Christian there before you find a journalist there. Somebody's doing aid work driven by the love of Jesus. And that was the case in Sierra Leone, and that made me have a story that was, it was a full-page story. It went all kinds of publications uh, because Christians were there first. 
And, and we still need to do that. We need to tell the stories of what Christians are doing. We need to tell the fascinating things that are going uh, on in, in the strength of God's people. What was the feedback like from the, the non-believers that engaged with your stories that were in mainstream publications like that? Fair. Always, um, always fair when I say fair from the editorial point of view. They, they, they knew this was news. They knew these were facts. They knew they shouldn't be prejudiced against. And um, when online commenting started, so in 2000, you didn't have that yet. You didn't have, uh, you couldn't have the chatter feed and the social media. But when that began, unfortunately, there was so much antagonistic comments, uh, abusive comments, that the Globe and Mail had to moderate my columns, uh, my stories, because people were angry that a Christian was writing. There's a lot of animosity towards it. And eventually it had to be shut down because uh, it just was completely abusive. So there was a lot of haters out there as social media grew. There, there were definitely haters against Christianity. Beyond the the public face of Lorna Duick and, and your writings, uh, you have a, a rich support system privately. With social media and all the other distractions, what would you say to the future of of the storytellers and the sages about doubling down on that aspect of someone's being and striving to to truly know God privately. Fight for the silence. Fight for the silence. Do as Jesus did very early in the morning. He got up to a solitary place to pray. All of us who are storytellers have a deep reflective side. Everyone needs to discover some quality of reflection in your in your your mental space and it must be filled with Jesus's words it must be filled with meditation with with the um, with the teachings of the Bible uh, we started this on crisis of limitations when we hit our crisis of limitations in our family when I hit it when I realized I cannot be a helpful, loving spouse still trying to work full-time. That was my, my crisis. Like, that Parkinson's disease put a limitation on on our life in such a way that I needed to hear from Jesus. How are we going to navigate this? How are we going to get through this? And, and I, I'm embarrassed how long I stayed in lament, processing processing my crisis of limitations through the Psalms. <laughs> I had a friend tell me, boy, you really love those Psalms, don't you? Actually, I don't know if I love them. I just can't get past them because, because they give me a voice for the lament and yet also the incredible trust that you need in God. And, and, and I, I just think that's what we've, we've got to fight for our solitude time with God so that we put into our lives in this noisy world, put in the voice of God, put in the wisdom of God. Be that person who um, is waiting to hear God's wisdom. Mm -hmm. And you've heard it and you've applied it, not just to the public setting, but in your private life, caring for your husband. 
on a good day, on a good day I have. <laughs> but, but it's daily for me. If I miss one day, if I miss one day, you, you, I feel it. I feel it. So it's just really important to, to take time for that. Wow. Lorna Duick, thank you so much for taking this time to bring this needed topic of crisis of limitations to the forefront of Christians in Canada. Hey, David, great to be with you. Oh, so good. And if you want to read up on Lorna and see some of the things that she has taken in as a journalist in her career, that's all going to be linked to the show notes over at davidmanmedia.com. Do check out the Culture at a Crossroads archive. You can go to davidmanmedia.com slash podcast or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And we do invite you back next week as we once again explore the intersection of faith and culture in Canada, helping to better equip you in following Jesus. 